0: The Detroit Pistons are picking fifth in the upcoming NBA draft and over the last few days we've talked about Keegan Murray, we've talked about Jay and Ivy, we've talked about earlier before they even got to the fifth overall pick, we talked about Jabbar, we talked about Chet, we've talked about a lot of prospects, but the most interesting and really a mystery box of a prospect is Shane Sharp. You guys have all been wanting to know who is Shane Sharp. We'll talk about that in today's episode of the Lockdown Pistons Podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter, at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, or if you're one of the 50% people who are watching this on YouTube and have not hit that subscribe button already, what are you waiting for? Head to the YouTube channel, Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. We're on our way to 3,000 subscribers. Continuing to show Locked On, we are the best and fastest growing fan base at the Locked On Network. So again, best way to support the podcast. I'd really appreciate it. So, so far this week, I have episodes scheduled out in advance. I had a lot of interviews I got done with. Over the past weekend, I believe you guys already got, you guys have already listened to the one with Ant Wright talking about Keegan Murray. We had one recorded, I believe you guys will be listening to that one t- uh, on Tuesday with Laz, Lazarus Jackson, Detroit Bad Boys, discussing his big board and just overall prospects from Jay and Ivy to Keegan Murray to uh, Benedict Matherin. we had an episode last week with Bryce Simon talking about Benedict Matherin and just himself. Today, we're going to be talking about Shaden Sharp. And he is the big mystery box. He is the guy that you guys know who I'm leading towards the piston, Pistons picking. But he is definitely a, a bit of a mystery box. And not a lot of people know how to feel about him or where to go to feel any type of way about him. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. And we brought Lockdown's very own, you know, their scout, uh, uh, big draft person, Richard Damon. Uh You can find him over on Twitter, at Mavs Draft. Richard, thank you for coming on, man. I really appreciate it.
1: Hey, it's good to be here. I've, uh, I've. Some people have told me I've earned the title of Pistons draft. So excited to be here.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm not gonna lie. You've interacted a lot with, uh, you know, Pistons, the Pistons community more more than I think anyone else outside the Pistons community has. And to be honest, I'm not gonna lie.
1: Hey, I don't know how because I grew up hating the Pistons as a Magic fan as a kid. So I don't know how this how this uh, timeline happened. But here we are. I, I've been. <laughs> Big Cade fan since 2021, <laughs> so I uh, just supporting what I see.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. So let's get right into it. I'm gonna ask you this immediate question. I feel like this is where everyone goes to immediately with Shane Sharp. Does this get this out the way? Does how tough is it for someone like you who you know is into prospects, scouts a bunch of prospects, and makes big boards, and you know that's like what you do? How hard is it for someone like you and other people out there, like we our own Raphael? or Barlow, all kinds of people. How hard is it for someone who didn't play college basketball, skipped out on a year, and the only tape that you have on him over the past two years, I believe, is high school and what's it called, E-Y-B-L, the AAU uh, circuit, whatever. Uh, how, how tough is it, is it to really get, like, a an opinion and a firm report on a guy like Shane Sharp?
1: Yeah, it's not easy because uh, uh, for all of you that have ever watched a high school mixtape, you can find any top 50 prospect in high school and they look like Michael Jordan on the basketball court. Like the talent gap in high school is just ridiculous and everybody looks like a God. So there's things where I'm like, okay, this was really impressive, but at the same time, will it translate to the NBA? What does he do? And there's a six, seven guy on him, not a six foot one or six foot two guy with long arms, something like that. So it is really hard. This is also my first year fully scouting high school basketball. So it's a major adjustment for me. Uh, I'm hoping that my evaluation isn't completely off base, not to completely sell myself short, but I, I really do think that you can tell a little bit what sticks in high school and what doesn't.
0: Fair enough. So, I guess with that, we might as well just get even further into it now. Where what do you think about Sharp as a prospect? Just very bland and very base level thoughts, and we'll obviously dive into it more. More of your thoughts as the podcast goes on, but just if you could give just like a base level opinion on him as a prospect like where do you have him going is he a top five prospect to you top seven top ten like what, what's your base level thoughts on him
1: yeah i have him top six or, or i should say number six um but i have him number six on my board i could see him going as early as three or four if somebody really wants to get bold and shake things up i don't know how likely it is because i mean he is a mystery box but for me the the thing i tell people the one sentence on him the elevator pitch is he's a three level scorer with length and potential to to play make a little bit here and there and you know you hope that the shooting is the biggest question mark of it seven foot wingspan and finish at the rim you hope that the shooting comes along and if so he's a three off the score with length we end explosive athleticism i should say
0: fair enough so I, i've said this on the podcast a few times over the past week or so i watched this scouting report on him it's from t and rockets on youtube uh, i thought it was a tremendous scouting report i'll probably link it down below for you guys to watch if you guys haven't already Uh, I really liked it, and it it went through his weaknesses, his strengths, and why I came away higher on him after the video than I did than I was before. Uh, But definitely, there's 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 no way of sugarcoating it. There's some scary stuff about him because he is a mystery. But we haven't seen him play against anyone outside of you know high school players and then AAU competition, which AAU for me is it's it's tough to really get a lot from AAU for me. Um, So it is tough. So. Look, based off everything that you've watched and all the, the film that you've watched with him, what's some of the scariest things about him? We'll get into his strengths later. I feel like his strengths are some of the things that everyone basically has known. His highlights are going all over the place. I feel like everyone knows about his archetype. We'll get into that a little bit later. But some of the scariest weaknesses, things that should scare teams away or could scare teams away, what, what are those deficiencies with him?
1: Yeah, I mean, first of all, his defense, we have no idea. No superstar in high school plays defense for the most part. So I don't know what his defense is like. In theory, an athlete with seven-foot wingspan on the wings should be a good defender, but who knows? The shooting, I don't know. He's not consistent from three, I don't think. His form isn't exactly great. It's not bad, but it's not good. So that could be something that comes up. But the thing that really does scare me is there's times he gets an unathletic guy on him and he doesn't separate on the drive. And When you're as explosive and as athletic as he is, he should be doing that 100% of the time. That's one of the things where – You know, a lot of times you can say, all right, you can't expect 100% production out of somebody repeating it every single time. But, like, when you have that matchup, you should 100% be blowing guys out of the water, just blowing past them and everything. And he just didn't do that consistently in high school. So, I don't know. The separation ability kind of scares me. If that is a real thing, it could have just been he didn't try on those plays. I don't know. But separation is the thing that scares me the most.
0: All right, so what about – and after this, we'll move on and we'll get into his strengths. We'll get into the ad break first, first actually, but then we'll get into the strengths and stuff. Um, but let's let's talk about this because this is another thing that a lot of people in the Pistons community want answers to. I'm sure the GMs are going to get this answer from him in the in pre-draft process. Um, how concerning to you is it, or do you care at all about the fact that he didn't play in college, that he chose not to play? Is that something that you feel like is going to be – uh, I think it's obvious that it's going to be a question asked by GMs so they're going to want to answer to. But is that something to you that, like, gives, like, a, a red flag? Is is that something to be concerned about? Or is it not and – it is what it is.
1: Yeah, I think it is what it is. You know, Anthony Simons didn't play in college. Uh, he passed it up. Obviously, he just went from high school to there. But pretty much all things considered, Shaden Sharp did the same thing. I, I don't think there was, like – yeah, I'd be more alarmed if it was the thing where he was like, "Oh, Coach Cal did something. I'm not playing for him now." That would be alarming. It just seemed like, you know, this was the quickest path to the pros, kind of just faking that he would play. And sometimes you got to do what you got to do. I'm, I'm not too worried about it. I also
0: saw a little bit uh, from from some quotes from, from scouts over the. I believe it was yesterday's. I believe we're recording this on the 23rd, so I believe it was on the 22nd. Um, some scouts said to our own Rafael Barlow, basically questioning, why is he hiding? He's not participating in this combine. He's not participating. He didn't play in the scrimmage, even though I believe Rafael Barlow said that 40 of the, his top 50 prospects didn't even play in the scrimmage or whatever, the little game. Uh, but anyways, uh, they're basically scouts are questioning, what's he hiding from? How long is he going to hide? Uh, he can't hide forever, blah, blah, Is, is that kind of For me, when I saw that, that seems like a kind of dude who's being advised. And it was more of a criticism to his advisors. But to me, from the outside, I'm not like some big scout person. I'm trying to get better with it. But to me, that view just, to me, it just views as someone who's doing the smart business thing. Like, why why do a, a, a workout when all you have is high school and, and EY, I believe it's EYBL film, um, and you're currently projected to be like a top five, top six pick? Why take the chance of having a bad workout, which it's been reported that Kay Cunningham had an awful workout for the Pistons last year, but he had college tape to back up why he should have been number one. So it didn't really matter a workout for Shane Sharp is going to be it could be make or break for him cuz that's all that, that's the that that like is the best film that you're going to have on I'm going all the way back to his high school career. So for me it just seems like smart business that you know I'm not going to risk it. I'm I could have a bad workout people have bad workouts but to me it could hurt me more than it would hurt any other prospect that went to college. Is that is that how you get a read on it or are you more concerned about that?
1: Yeah, I guess my thing is is like people are already considering him a top 5 pick is is playing really going to elevate him that much like how many top five picks play in the combine and they don't and it's one of those things for me where less is more in the way the mystery like if you pass by something every single day right like say it's a restaurant that's a hole in the wall and you're like i want to try it i want to try it. it has good reviews but i've never tried it like in your head that place really can't be bad i guess and if you have it and it's horrible suddenly every time you drive past it you're gonna have negative memories like it's just it makes things bad like it's just gonna leave a bad taste in your mouth and suddenly you know you drop it down your list you're like oh that place isn't good and then if he makes any mistakes everybody's gonna look under at it under a microscope what does he have to gain i mean is the difference between the fifth and the third pick really worth it like he's for sure going in the top 10 and we say every single year like why are the top 10 guys not playing suddenly and we know the answers because they have nothing to gain and why is Shaden Sharp that same way? To me, it sounds like a salty scout, personally, that is picking in the top 10. And it's like, well, I wanted to see him and like paid all this money to, to go out and see him. It sounds like a fan who got to see their favorite player sitting on a back-to-back.
0: Fair enough. I, I got that same type of vibe. It didn't really mean much to me. I, I, I literally thought the exact same thing you just described there. So I know some of you guys saw that, that quote and, and you guys tweeted it at me for me. I'm not concerned about that. It doesn't make any. It honestly doesn't make any sense to do in his position. I would probably do the same thing. It's just smart business uh, in his position. So when we come back, we're going to talk about some of his strengths, reasons why he's considered why he's a mystery box. He's still projected to go like top six, top seven. We'll talk about why so many teams seem to be so interested in him. When we come back from the ad break, but first, how to tell you guys about one of our sponsors. You guys' favorite sponsor, Bill Bar. I love brownies, but you know why I love more. The brownie batter. Sometimes I eat half the batter just while I'm making the bro- uh, the brownies. Imagine if you could lick that brownie spatula clean and get some protein in. You're in luck because Built has a new creation and this one is better than ever. The brownie batter puff. You might have heard me right. This puff takes protein bars to a whole new level. They're available right now at Bilt.com. Have you tried the Built puff bars yet? I'm not sure what you're waiting for. Puffs are chocolate covered marshmallow protein bar. That's right. Delicious flavored marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. With only 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 7 grams of sugar, the Brownie Batter Puff are the first or the perfect pick me up for any day. All Built Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. And it's not just the Puff bars, it's all Built bars. They're all covered in 100% real chocolate. That means with Built, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy eating it. The Brownie Batter Puffs will have you completely forgetting that you are eating a protein bar. No need to go pinch yourself. This is real life. Go to built.com to get the brownie batter puffs right now. And I can't tell you that it's going to be available tomorrow. It's a limited time flavor. They're constantly coming out with limited time flavors, but it feels like every other day. And you guys know they have all kinds of other flavors too, like raspberry, strawberry, blueberry, cherry barcia. You guys know my favorite is the peanut butter flavor. So again, make sure you're checking out built.com to see all those delicious flavors at built.com. Again, go to built.com, use promo code lock15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code lock 15 for 15% off at built.com. Build Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to our YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. I'd really appreciate it. It's the best way to support the podcast. You guys get all that jazz. So Richard, I think I've gotten all the the negative negative questions I need to ask or all the concerns or scary stuff about him. Is there anything else that you want that you feel like some listeners should know? negative-wise, that, that, you know, may scare some people or, or maybe just to have more info on that I haven't asked already.
1: Yeah, the only other thing is uh, that I was looking through my notes, he finishes with his right hand almost exclusively. He's a right-hand dominant finisher. A little bit if he needs to be able to be comfortable going left in traffic. But he's also 18, so, like, you could say that about probably half of the 2022 recruiting class, which he was supposed to be in. So not anything too alarming.
0: All right, so let's start getting into his strengths. Then, he was coming out of high school. He was number one ranked uh, prospect, wasn't he? I am yes. correcting that. So,
1: yeah, he was a late riser and rose into number one for this upcoming recruiting class before reclassifying. All
0: right, so there's a positive right there. He is six five. He has a seven foot wingspan. He's going to be, I believe, nine, yeah, nineteen years old when the season does start. Um, a freak athlete. There's reports he has a forty nine inch vertical. I don't know if they actually got that done at the comp. I don't think he actually. Uh, participate, or I don't know if it's even happened yet. Uh, but it reports that he has a 49 inch vertical, which would break the NBA's combine record, I believe, set by Michael Jordan at 48 inch vertical. Um, Richard, what's some of the best things? Despite the fact, you know, let's stay away from a little bit of the the raw jumping athleticism from him. I think that everything everybody knows about that. What's some of the the, the positives that you've seen from him that make it seem like you know I see why people are saying he could be the best player to come out this class.
1: Yeah. I'll, I'll actually kind of stay on the athleticism because I'll, I'll kind of point out how he uses it in game. First of all, the cuts, he's almost unstoppable with the head of steam. And, and when he cuts from the corners, it's very hard to stop. him. that's when he uses his length. Well, as a finisher, that's when he's using his athleticism as a finisher, using that touch, especially again, with the right hand, but he also has a really strong change of direction. You get him in transition it's hard to stop him as a defender but for actual skill based i should say in like half court you look at the ability to be a creative ball handler i think he can set up his jump shots pretty well you look at the creation and when you're talking about a star mold you have a a guy give or take six inch uh, excuse me six six uh give or take like an inch or two uh probably upwards not downwards but with the length and the defensive ability and creation ability and three level scoring. And that's a superstar. So that's where the hype really comes from.
0: All right. So let me just say this. So I mentioned the video that I watched this past week from TN Rockets on YouTube again, I'll link it below probably for you guys. So you guys can go check it out. Um, Some of the base things that he mentioned in that video that really like made me somewhat of a believer in Shane Sharp. First thing I want to get your thoughts on are his footwork, his footwork on his jump shots on his creation and step backs. Is that something that you've you seen in your film, or uh, diving into the film, that you feel strongly by him with?
1: Yeah, I think, again, just that setting up, I think it really is a good foundation. While the, the release is kind of awkward, he shoots it a little bit compact, too compact, I should say, and I think the base is there to steady him out. So, like, the, the top is fixable. The base is always, I think, I think changing a base is really hard, and his ability to get into shots and all that is it's pretty advanced.
0: Fair enough. So yeah, that was one thing that I really liked that I saw from him. And the second thing that I really liked when I was watching that video, that I want to get your thoughts on, is there's questions by him as being able to be a playmaker at the next level in the NBA. But one of the things that was pointed out that should give some some thoughts that he could potentially do that is he never seemed to panic when he was trapped. He never seemed to panic when he had to make a Make a make the easy pass. He routinely made the skip ahead pass and transition when he got a rebound. Someone was opened down the floor. He made that pass. He just didn't seem like he ever was panicked, or 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 was was scared or second guessing himself when when defenses pressured him. Is that something that you also came away
1: with? You know, I didn't find a ton of situations where that happened personally. I didn't see that in game, uh, or at least take note of it. But it makes sense because the passing ability is kind of going into that creation ability where he knew how, like you said, he knew the next play and he knew how to keep the ball flowing. So it doesn't surprise me that he has the poise uh, that if you saw it, that was something I can never really find much tape of to actually get a strong opinion on.
0: Fair enough. Uh, And this, this is something I want to ask you about as well. Uh, We're asking a lot of questions to Richard here. This is basically, we're setting him up for a a long Q and a on this episode. Um, Another question is, so there's been many questions I've I've seen about his the quickness or or the explosion off his first step. People have questioned whether how, how explosive that first step is. However, from what I've seen and some of the videos I've watched, some of the things I've read, his his first step is a little isn't is, isn't explosive. You probably would like it to be, but his second and third step is really damn good. Is that something that you also came away with?
1: Yeah, and that kind of leads into that separation ability I was talking about, where it's like. He doesn't blow by guys as easily as he should, but something he does is, like you said, that second and third step is really strong. And combined with the length, when he's going up for a drive, he's really hard to stop because his arms are so long that he's going to be able to extend past the defender behind him and then also even at the same time around the defender at the rim. And I think that's something where he can use that weird, given like the give and take of the athleticism to his advantage.
0: All right, so I'm gonna have you do this for us here. If you were, if you were, Shane Sharp's salesman, and you, you were in front of 30 NBA GMs, and they came up to you and said, "Richard, tell us why, Sh- or not Shannon, <laughs> Shade and Sharp is a top five NBA draft pick. Tell us why he has he could be the best player from this draft class." You have one minute. Yeah. How, what would you say?
1: who in this class first of all has the better tools than him outside of maybe chet holmgren to be a superstar you look at the length the athleticism the creation ability the shooting and the defensive upside with those physical tools there's really just not a better blend like you can't when you draw up a superstar Shaden sharp not let you draw up he's a, he's a shooting guard around six five six six very long seven foot wingspan knows how to use that length already He's polished enough as a young player where you can probably play him a little bit in year one and his upside is completely untapped right now. Like you could get him as a superstar, probably by year four, the risk, not that bad. I just, I really see a, have a hard time with someone of his frame and build and athleticism and, and honestly, just overall tools failing in this league.
0: All right. Fair enough. You convinced me. Uh, I, I was a little bit convinced already before the podcast, but that right there convinced me completely. <laughs> well, when we come back, we'll talk about, and we'll ask Richard, why Shane Sharp over Jane and Ivy if the Pistons at five? Why him over Keegan Murray? Does he fit with Kay Cunningham? Should the Pistons take this type of risk? We'll go through all those kind of things when we come back. But first, let me tell you a little bit about BetOnline.net. Our partners over at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, eSports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about their trends and action today. And if you head over to BetOnline.net, you'll see. Again, it's not just basketball or, or MLB or football. It's boxing, golf, hockey, horse racing, martial arts soccer tennis and all kinds of other stuff that you guys can have fun with and i told you guys in the last episode this is the one series i think i've gotten completely right for you guys i told you guys to take that minus 700 with the golden state warriors to win the series they have now moved up to uh three and zero. their money line is now minus 900 to win the series it's not going to ha- mavericks aren't going to win this series it's over it's over so go ahead i hope you guys listen to me uh right now they're at minus 900 to win the series like i said so I hope you guys listened to me a few days ago when I said take the minus 700 for the Warriors to win the series. But that's the kind of thing you can do over there at Benline.net. Make sure you're checking out their website or use your mobile device to learn more, to learn more about the transit action today. Benline, where the game starts. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to our YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. I'd really appreciate it. Best way to support the podcast. guys get all of that all right richard so this is something i wanted to ask you as well um oh my god just completely just left my mind you literally just mentioned it uh oh his his risk that that's what it was i completely forgot i went completely brain dead for a second there all right so he's obviously viewed as a high risk high reward just high how high of a risk i think everyone is under a lot of people understand how high of a reward he is but just how high of a risk do you actually think he is?
1: Like on a scale of one to 10, he's probably like a five, just because we don't know like the ins and outs of these weaknesses. We don't know how much of his strengths even are real. And we don't know how much of his weaknesses are, are super real. But at the same time, you look at somebody who is as athletic as him can thrive in transition. There's a spot for those guys in the league. And especially if he tries on defense in the NBA, I have a hard time seeing him being a bad defender. So A lot of the tools he has, he knows how to use. And I just – I really don't know if those tools can be set up for failure. It feels pretty hard unless you're like a James Young – unless he like really doesn't try to get better in the NBA, that's – he's going to be his own worst enemy. That's the only way he can fail.
0: Oh, fair enough. I I like that. So let me read you these three comparisons that the Ringer used to compare him to. And you tell me which one you like the best. They say yes, shades of Paul George, a taller Bradley Beal, or Jalen Green, which which one of those three would you feel like are the most is the most identical one?
1: Yeah, I would say the blend of Beal and Green. I, I use Jalen Green as my comparison, but he's not one to one. He has a little bit more creation ability, but in terms of just overall scoring, he's Jalen Green.
0: All right, fair enough. So obviously, the Pistons are going to have a ton of different prospects and people available to pick at the number five position. They there seems like that they're really interested in Keegan Murray. Out of Iowa, they seem like they're really interested in Ben Dick Matherin, who's out of Arizona. They got obviously Shane Sharp. You got Jay and Ivy who could fall to them. I uh, from Purdue, if I remember correctly. Um, why Shane Sharp out of those guys? If you are the Detroit Pistons, why are you picking him? Is there actually? Let me ask you this instead: Is there a legit argument for you that the Pistons should pick Shane Sharp over these other guys? Are these guys more so much more of a safe pick in your opinion? To where they should be, or even fits with K. Cunningham, if that's where you want to go, is are they that far ahead of Shane Sharp to where the Pistons should pass on him? Or do you think Shane Sharp should be that pick?
1: It's not that far off, especially when you look at like if Jaden Ivey slipped, you might be better off just trading back ever so slightly with a team that wants him and get something out of it. Uh You know, play a little bit of hardball and you know some poker, I guess, and go pretend to go all in on Ivy just to run up that price, but. But Shaden Sharp in this, the rest of this class, like if you're not getting Chet, Paolo or Jabari as the Pistons, the drop-off between a lot of these guys is pretty small. I, I think you can afford to swing for the fences with Shaden Sharp because if he hits, you have two superstars in your core in, your, in year three of the rebuild, or year two. So I think there's a lot of upside with him. If you're looking for that quickest way out, he's probably actually the answer.
0: Okay, so that, that's something you've actually said a few times here, and that's something I want, I, I want to get even – to hear your thoughts even more on because from what I've from what I've read and what seems to be like the – from what I've seen the most is that he's not going to be ready immediately. He's going to need to spend time in the G League. People say he might even start to – you're on the G League. You don't know when he'll come up to the NBA. Do you believe that's the case, or do you think he actually will be able to play minutes? Or let's say the Pistons do pick him. Do you think he actually could play minutes out the gate with the Pistons, or do you expect him to be down with the Motor City Crews? Uh, for a while for him to get ready and, and develop
1: i cop out answer depends on summer league if i had to bet though i think he's actually a backup on the pistons pretty early i i don't think he needs he's in that weird in between where he's not good enough to be getting consistent minutes but he's also not good he's too good he's in a tear of the g league like he could have done it this year i mean we saw scoot henderson was too young to be in call or to be in this draft and he good college tore up the G League. And I, I have no reason to think Shaden Sharp couldn't do the exact same thing. So I think he's too good for the G League, not good enough for a rotation consistently.
0: All right, so this is listening to you talk about Shaden Sharp is actually interesting to me because you have him sixth on your board, which is respectable. But the way you've talked about him makes me feel like you're very, you, you believe in him. You, you're pretty high on him. So why why are you so... What's how? How do I ask this question? How do you have so little? Because the question I get posed get asked to me a lot is, "How do you have such confidence in him becoming an NBA player? How do you how are you not scared about this? How how is he not having college films not scare you so much? How are you able to see and be this confident and this high on a player like this?" And my I guess my question to you is, if you this if you believe in him like how it sounds like you believe in him, why is he at six?
1: Man, you know, the hardest thing to do to a draft person is ask them to explain their logic because half the time, <laughs> I know but no, the real reason is, is, I mean, you have to, you have to count, account for the fact that there is real risk with him and that my evaluation of his floor, which I am going to be just perfectly blunt. I can tell you what those tools are for that are needing to be improved. I can't tell you how much they need to be improved. And that's a thing for me where I'm trying to account for that margin of error. And for me, what if, what if my inability to tell what his defense will be really is the thing that holds him back? And I have no idea. So for me, it's just kind of that, what am I missing? And I'm going to account for that by one or two spots. I've flirted with the idea of putting him number one, but I also don't like the idea of going all in on a guy who we don't know his flaws. So for me, it's just kind of, there's one guy who is stopping me from putting him above and that's Benedict Matherin, uh, not to go off topic, but he's just a little bit safer right now and long-term. And that's why I have him above. It's a tiebreaker for that. But I, I think having him top five is very reasonable.
0: All right. So who's the, who are the players that you have ahead of him? Could you, I was, that was going to be my next question. But you said Bendic Matherin ahead of him. And there's a, a section of Pistons community that, are, that is very high on Bandit Matherin. But there's also a section of Pistons community, and it sounds like Tori Weaver might be a part of this, that also is very high on Keegan Murray. And what's interesting to me is that if you have Benedict Matherin number five, you must have Keegan Murray behind him if my assumption is correct. So who are the five players that you have ahead of Sharp on your big board?
1: Yeah, and I like Keegan Murray. It's actually uh, – Keegan Murray is right behind Shaden Sharp. It's it's quite a good road. So it starts with Jabari Smith as my number one. It's weird because a lot of scouts will tell you he's the consensus number one ranked player, but he's not favored at all to go number one. Chet is the number one pick. And Chet is my number two. After him, I have Paolo Boncaro at three. Then I have Jaden Ivey. And then number five, Matherin, uh, just because and, – and honestly, Pistons could use him.
0: Fair enough. I know Bryce, I know Bryce Simon over at Pistons Balls so is very, very high on Bandic Matherin. Uh, so it doesn't shock me to hear you say that. So I guess the last thing I'll leave off here is this. Shane Sharp is, is going to be my pick, everybody. I'm, I'm going to let you guys know this right now. Where I'm at right now, Shane Sharp is who I want the Pistons to take. I understand the risk with him. I know that there's risk. I know you don't have a ton of tape on him. Actually, you have zero tape on him from college. And tape from high school and EYBL, it's hard to really pull stuff away from that, which is why I don't act like – let me give you guys a little advice here. The reason why I'm so amazing, okay, guys, the reason why I'm so great, because I know that I'm not the smartest person in the room, so I listen to other people who are the smartest people in the room. And that's that's how it works. That's how it works. So when I don't if I don't know how to scout a high school prospect or pull stuff away from that stuff, I' listen to other people who do. And from a, a lot of the things I've seen, are there weaknesses? Yes. Are there things to be concerned about? Yes. Does he need to improve on stuff? Obviously. But the potential is this too, it's too high, and I can see a superstar in him, and I can see a player who really hits for the pistons. And for me, like it's something that Richard mentioned earlier in the podcast, and this is where I've been at it, with it is, after the top three, it, it is a big drop off for me. It, outside after the top three, it's you're, it's a drop off big, and if you're gonna if you're gonna be at five, and the players you are talking about drafting instead of Shane Sharp, who has the superstar potential, the joke I made was the Pistons didn't take two years so they could get Cam Johnson out of Keegan Murray. Like that, that was the joke I made. So and and the joke basically was, you know, I we didn't tank for two years. Yes, you got K. Cunningham, but you didn't take again to get a role player. Like you want to, you need blue chip prospects. And if this was like the top three, no, I wouldn't ask the, I wouldn't want the Pistons to take that kind of risk. But now that you're at five, and you're basically asking, okay, do I want to take the safe pick and a guy who probably projects as a role player instead of the guy who yes has a risk to him, he's a mystery box, but that guy could be a legit superstar. I feel like the Pistons are in position to take the ladder. Like they, they should take the superstar uh, potential guy. Uh, that's just where I'm at with it. Listening to Richard talk about on the podcast today makes me feel even more confident in this. Um, Richard, thank you for coming on, man. If you want to say any final thoughts on Shane Sharp, the prospect, I'll give you the next minute or so to just say whatever you want about him as a prospect to convince Piston listeners even more that he could be and should be the pick for Detroit at five.
1: Yeah. I, I think the final selling pitch I would give is he wouldn't be in an un, un, unknown next year. And I think he would still be a top five prospect in a much more stacked class that tells you a lot about who he is. So for me, I don't think, I think it's almost overthinking just because we don't know the flaws, but there's also that possibility. You never know what these risks. They could be a Dante Exum, They could be an Anthony Simons. You never know which end you're going to get.
0: Fair enough. So we'll see what happens. As of right now, as of March 23rd when we recording this, I'm going with Shane Sharp at this point. I could I could change my mind. I, I, it could be changed. We have a whole month to go. But as of right now, my pick is Shane Sharp. Um, this podcast, th- this, this episode wasn't so much to completely convince you guys to take Shane Sharp in your guys' own mock draft, but to give you guys an insight to why people are. Now, I know that's the big question, and the big thing you guys have been posing to me in the comment section on Twitter a lot of you guys have been asking me, how do you feel so confident? How, wh- where are you getting this information to make yourself feel good about this? Why should we feel good about this? Why? Like all these kind of questions. That's what this podcast, this episode is more to do for you guys today. Not to completely tell you guys Shane Sharp's to pick. You're an idiot if you don't, blah, blah, blah that. not that kind of thing. Just to simply give you understanding of why people are where they're at with Sharp. Uh, give you a podcast to listen to, to give yourself some more information on in Sharp. And then you can draw your conclusion after that. Cause I know a lot of you guys have been asking we don't we where do we even go to get conclusion about from him because we don't we don't have any college games to watch so this episode is one way i'll link some other things down below for you guys to watch um some scout reports that i thought were really good on him and you guys can go watch that and then you guys can form your own opinions so let me know down below what your guys' opinions are on shane trump after the to this podcast and some of the other videos i linked down below let me know how you guys are feeling about him in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Kuka I want to thank Richard again for coming on. You guys can find him over on Twitter at Mavs Draft. Thank you, Richard. I I always appreciate you coming on, man. A lot of fun. Um, I'll catch you guys in the next one. Thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistols your first list of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. Make sure you guys are making Lockdown NBA your second list of every single day from the first jump ball to the play-in tournament to the last possession of the finals. Lockdown experts taking you deep inside the playoffs with inside analysis affecting all 30 teams. Until the next podcast, I'll see you guys later. Shane Sharp is my pick as of right now. Don't kill me too much. I'll see you guys then. Peace out, everybody.